0: Hi, good evening, welcome to a journey through into awareness. I'm one of your hosts this evening. I'm Dr. George Andel, and we're happy that you're with us. Judy Miller is back. I missed her, and she's back with us.
1: I missed you too, George Ann.
0: Thank you, Judy. So we're always so honored that you're with us, and. We always want to make sure that our show contains what we feel in our hearts that might improve your life, add to your life and touch your heart. So thank you for those of you that join us each week. We're very grateful to you. So we have a very interesting guest this evening and our work is similar to his. And Judy's going to tell you a little bit about him before
1: we begin. Sure. Judy, I'd love to. So before I introduce Brandon, would you like to attract more abundance into your life? Then you've absolutely come to the right place because tonight we'll be interviewing Brandon Beecham. He calls himself a serial entrepreneur and he's a critically acclaimed podcaster. He'll be sharing the eight keys to abundance, which he uncovered over 25 years of trial error, and deep exploration. Brandon brings together and puts his own spin on ideas from countless thought leaders from the worlds of science, as well as spirituality, from Lao Tzu and Jesus of Nazareth to Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden, Abraham Hicks, and Dr. Wayne Dyer. Brandon remixes and expands on the wisdom of their work to craft an epic and poetic exploration of what he terms the ultimate nature of reality. In 2015, Brandon founded a business that was recognized as one of the fastest-growing private companies by Inc. Magazine. He has also achieved critical acclaim as the host of the Positive Head podcast, and he recently launched a new late-night-style elevating talk show called Optimistic. Brandon achieved all of this by applying the empowering principles he shares in his new book called The Golden Key, Modern Alchemy to Unlock Infinite Abundance. So, Brandon, welcome to Journey Through to Awareness.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. great that you're
1: here. And, you know, Brandon, I really enjoyed reading your book. It's actually a very quick read, but it's got a lot of profound wisdom in it and great, great stories in it.
2: Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed.
1: So, Brandon, before we actually jump into what the eight keys are, we'd love for you to share with our listeners, what is your definition of infinite abundance?
2: Mm, great question. And you know, I start off the book talking about abundance. A lot of time is, is only associated with like financial success. Uh, I feel, and really, uh, you know, abundance has so many faces. Uh, you've got, you know, time being maybe the most precious form of abundance, health, uh, wisdom, meaningful relationships. So there's so many forms of abundance in our life. And, um, Yeah, you know, and so what I like to point to in the book is, you know, as I say, um, it's written actually on the back cover. Abundance is our birth rate, the quintessence of our being. It is the essence of the essence, and I like to steer the readers to the realization that, you know, all of the abundance in the universe is an extension of self, and that is rooted in the in the sort of uh, understanding that all is literally one. You're one with not only the consciousness that animates all forms, the consciousness that animates my form, I believe is the consciousness that animates your form. The separation between us is an illusion and that extends to everything. So we can also see, of course, that we are one with, you know, we've all heard the idea as above, so below. And so we can also see that physically we are all made of the same stuff. I mean, literally the particles that make up my physical vessel that you're hearing words emanate from in this moment started, these atoms started at the beginning of the known universe uh, and it lived out an entire life cycle in another being known as a star. And, you know, from young starhood to, you know, uh, adulthood, middle age, old age, finally, finally, uh, you know, Achieving its own uh, end of its own life and and dying in a fiery you know explosive wave that is so suitable to a star, it's got strewn across the the you know cosmos. Ultimately, reforming into me in this moment as you hear me, you know uh, now speaking. So it's really fascinating when you start to play with the idea that you know all is one and not just in, in some far removed. Uh, yeah. Sort of like philosophical idea, but like you no, know, this is the nature of the situation in which I find myself. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I go, I'm there waiting for myself. What yeah, happens absolutely. if I start uh, uh, experiencing my world with that as my baseline understanding absolutely. of what's coming into my field?
0: Yeah, I'm so delighted to have you speak of abundance in that way, because many times people hear the word abundance and they think about money and finances only, and that's not what we're about. So mm-hmm. I'm really delighted to hear you speak about that because, um, yes, and the level of our consciousness, which is unlimited, um, which you know Christ lived and revealed uh, and brought uh, to all of us, um, is absolutely profound. And it's wonderful to meet another who is involved with the work and in, in uh, bringing that uh, to all. So thank you, Brandon.
2: Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I love um, that you brought up Christ consciousness. You know, I, 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 I like to, I, I feel like sometimes, and, and we, you know, this is our first time communicating. And so I'm not sure where your belief 100% lies. And some of us have variations in our perspectives and things like that. And I honor all of them. Um, what for my, myself, when I think of Christ, I think of, you know, this idea of, of um, Jesus, right? Jesus, I believe, was a man, uh, and you know this idea that uh, you know uh, that Jesus would come back. I, I believe Jesus was a man who died and will not live again. Christ's consciousness, Jesus Christ, the, the consciousness that sort of gave Jesus his mystique and power and all of those things. That is the thing that's coming back onto the planet. Christ right. consciousness yes. is, yes, it's a vibration. It's you know, yes. and, and it's interesting because I believe Jesus, the man who embodied Christ consciousness was saying, Hey, this is going to come back in a bigger way at some point after I go. And I believe we're seeing that even now on this planet where people are realizing. And what else did Jesus, the man say, he said, you will do greater things than I, I and the father are one. It's the same thing I'm saying. It's all one, you know, except there, you know, now I'm not at risk of being hung on a cross thousands of years later, but it's the same message, you know, and Jesus's last
0: name was not Christ. Jesus came to bring the Christ. But what's fascinating, Brandon, is from the beginning of, I'm a psychoanalyst and spiritual director. My passion is psychological commentaries of the gospel. So when you really dig in there and you look at the Christ consciousness being prophesied from the Old Testament Mm -hmm. onward, Jesus wasn't just a man. Jesus Mm -hmm. was the man that brought the Christ consciousness, walked the face of the earth, exemplified it so that we could see what it would be like living here and what the possibilities are. And when he died, he gave us a seed that all of us called the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, whatever you want to call it, that we now all have the gifts and responsibility. That's why I was happy to meet you to bring that Christ consciousness by living it out, mm-hmm. living it,
1: exemplifying mm-hmm. it, being it and mm-hmm. sharing it. Mm. So, yeah. so Brandon, Thank you, know what, Brandon, Brandon, one of the first things that you said, the first key is really to see that oneness. Can you talk mm-hmm. about the second key, which is to know the illusion? Can you tell our listeners yeah. what that means?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's one thing to, Kind of see this stuff as we touched on earlier, you know, this, see this stuff in a, you know, sort of philosophical, far removed idea that, you know, and you even take Jesus, you know, himself. It's like this idea that it's all an extension of self in some way, shape or form. So there is separation. It's like it it gets a little tricky, I think, for our human minds to wrap itself around because it's like you and I are separate. There's an argument that can be made for that, where most people would agree, right? <laughs> Brandon, Georgia, and Judy, separate, separate individuals, but from another perspective, we're one, right? And so the the question is, is what what vantage point from which are we speaking, right? It's relative truths or divine dichotomy right? Two apparently contradictory things that both hold true based off the, the vantage point from which you are speaking. And so, uh, you know, I believe that to be the case with, with, with all of us. That's the, see the oneness. Hey, I, I am one with the Christ. You are one with the Christ. And in this case, you know, um, it, it, with, with knowing this, knowing this uh, illusory thing, the, 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 the hero of a thousand faces, you know, this great um, act, act that source, God, higher self, consciousness is playing with itself and playing characters and what as you get to understand and 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 tap into the truth of the, the illusion, you know, a a lot of what I share in those first two keys is scientific based perspectives. Um, You know, like uh, when you, when you break it down, well, what am I made of these atoms we talked about? Well, what are they? Well, they're actually what we call solid is actually illusory. It's not really solid. It's the particles that make up those atoms are 99.9999% space. The separation, you know, I mean the, 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 distance between the particles is like, you know, so much greater than what's actually there. And then when you look at what's actually there, there are vibrations popping in and out of existence, there, there is no solid.
0: Right. That is a vibration, right? That's fabulous. And, you know, would you say that it is more accepting the gift that is than understanding it? Say that again. When we look at consciousness and how it's, Mm -hmm. OK, for all of us to partake in, would mm-hmm. you say that it's more of a gift to partake in than it is to understand? I mm. find from mm. my work in my life that the mind, the small mind of the ego gets in the way of accepting the gift that is there yeah. for all of us. Right. OK.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What, what What? a great question. Yeah, absolutely. The the experience itself is you know, paramount getting caught in the mental constructs around this stuff. It's fun to do. Yeah. You know, it's fun for yeah. us to wax poetic about, you know, I can talk about anything uh, you know, and I, I can tell you all about, you know, the experience that let's say burning man, for example, is a, is a really incredible experience that I've partaken in many times over the years. And they say, it's like one of those things. It's like, it's kind, and it's kind of like trying to tell a, a blind person what colors look like, you know, until you experience it, you know, I can talk about it and you'll get something from that, but until you've lived it, you know, and, and so that is absolutely what's happening, you know, what i think is the most important thing the, the experience of it all and and there's no experience that's less valid than any other experience that's an important piece for those of us on this path to get someone who's still not there in their own understanding and development around some of these concepts are there it, it doesn't make them less divine right Absolutely because right. it's all necessary for source god the universe higher self whatever you want to call it Absolutely. to experience and know itself it's yes. all vantage points that yes. are that are important
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and Great. you know brent, brent to that point um we're going to take a break momentarily but maybe when we come back from the break we can follow up on that uh that comment that you made but also one of the things in your book is you talked about experience everything from love and mm-hmm. how you define the word fear so we'd love to go into that um right after our break
2: looking forward
1: to it we'll
0: be right back thanks for joining us on
1: a
3: journey through into awareness. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL, every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on Talk Radio TalkRadio.NYC. Are you
0: interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness, on my show, We journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC.
4: Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness?
1: Talk Radio NYC Uplift, Educate, Empower
0: Welcome back to a journey through into awareness. We're here tonight with Brandon Beecham.
1: So, Brandon, I love in the book how you define the word fear. Can you describe what you mean by fear? What does the acronym mean for you?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think uh, fear can have take on uh, two different meanings. Once again, like we talked about, depending on the vantage point from which we are we are perceiving. F E A R can stand for forget everything and run <laughs> or face everything and rise. And oh, you false choose, evidence
0: appearing real.
2: Or false evidence. Of, <laughs> there's another one. I, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So it's like, what am I going to do in the face of fear? Is that the thing that's going to break me or is that the thing that is pushing me through my next breakthrough? And, um, you know, I believe a big part of all of our journeys is facing fears. I, I often will say if, if it scares you and it excites you, it's probably for you and being able to notice when it has this combination of, oh, there's something about me that's scared about this and it's exciting. And I'm, you know, I can't lose if I step into it and and face these fears and uh, no matter what the outcome.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that I try to help my patience with is that we're not our feelings. Our feelings do not have to define us or define our behavior or action. Mm, yeah,
2: absolutely. When you can when you can start to look at your feelings as these, you know, waves of energy that are coming through, and and you know, it does. Yeah, it doesn't define you. And really, this idea, and I believe Eckhart Tolle is the one I first heard kind of speaking of it in this way, is this the 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 Silent observer observing all the feelings and emotions and things coming through coming through our lives and it was there that silent observer, observer the unmoved mover that's just watching it all happen what saint was there when you're five years old and th- well also there when you're ninety five years old, just observing uh what's happening and and creating that sort of healthy sense of detachment from these things I think is very empowering, especially when you're on the the fast track to expansion like most people listening to this uh, show probably are so
1: so Brandon, one of the things that you also say is that our triggers are our treasures um, mm-hmm. so we actually grow and learn from our experiences so can you share with us why do bad things happen
2: mm. well I would sh- I would answer that question with another question what is bad mm-hmm. you know have, uh, <laughs> the, the uh, I, what comes to mind is the uh, story of the of the Taoist farmer have you ever heard the story of the Taoist farmer?
1: I have, but I know that our listeners would uh-huh. love to hear it as well.
2: And I think George Ann might've gave me a nod no. So yes, uh, let's, okay, let's so, hear it. Okay. So the Dallas farmer, of course, having Taoism being the ancient philosophy that's very aligned with a lot of these perspectives and concepts we're talking about today um, is uh, one day his, his horse that he used to help till his field ran away. And uh, his non-Taoist neighbors who didn't have this more expanded perspective um uh you know on reality uh, i kind of equate it to you know the, our human self and our higher self i often will say our human self is playing checkers and our higher self is playing chess and so when you can see more of an expand and in this case the dallas farmer seeing maybe hey maybe there's a bigger game happening here than the short vision the one move that's just happened the horse running away uh, the, the the neighbors come over and say oh my gosh the horse ran away One plus one equals two. That means bad. You are screwed. You cannot, you're, you're never going to be able to till your fields without the help of this, this horse. And, uh, the Dallas farmer seeing a little bit more of an expanded perspective. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe so. Maybe, maybe not. Who, Who knows? And, um, You know, goes on with his day, a non-reactive to this apparently, you know, travesty, according to the neighbors. The next day, the horse comes back and a wild horse has followed it back. And now all of a sudden the neighbors witness this and come over and say, oh, my gosh, we thought you were screwed. And now we can see how blessed you are, because instead of one horsepower, you have two horsepower. You have double the labor, you know, the the laborers uh, and the Taoist farmer being unattached and not jumping to any conclusions and just letting what will be and should be be says, maybe so. Maybe I am. Maybe it is a blessing. The next day, his son, his only human helper helper uh, tries to break in the wild horse, uh, gets on it, gets uh, thrown off, breaks his leg and the neighbors see this come over. Oh my gosh, we knew you were, you were screwed, but then we thought you were blessed. Now we know you're screwed without your human helper, your son, your crops are done for. You are really in trouble this time. The Dallas farmer replies, maybe so the next day. The military comes around gathering up young men to take off to war, to be on the front line, sure to die. They come to get the farmer's young son, perfect age, uh, to be recruited for battle. And they find him laid up in bed with a broken leg and he's no use to them. So they leave him there. And now he survives where otherwise he was certainly doomed. Neighbors see this come over. What do they say? You're so lucky. What is the what is the uh, Dallas farmer say? Maybe so. And so, you know, that's really my long-winded answer to, you know, why does bad things happen? I believe if you haven't won and found the the diamond behind the lump of coal yet, the story isn't over. And so it's always happening. I, I believe one of the biggest fundamental changes that can happen in a human's life is when they come to the understanding and realization that everything is happening for them, not to them. They're not they're not no they're no longer judging things on the surface as good or bad in the same way. It doesn't mean something challenging when something challenging comes up you don't feel it or hurt or maybe there's tears or you know it, it, growing can hurt, right? Uh but you come you, that's tempered with a certain level of understanding that you know what? I can't see. My higher self is playing chess. I'm playing checkers. I I thought this was, was the best thing for me next, but I really don't know. Maybe so. And I one thing I do. Then that leads into one of the other keys: trusting the mystery. And once you get into that zone of living, now you've really you know found a formula that expedites growth, growth, and 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 helps you to you know. Um, do what Charles Bukowski talked about. All that matters is how gracefully you walk through the fire. And as you walk through the fires in your life, now you're doing it with this grace and courage and ease that is admirable and comes with wisdom.
0: And one of the important things that I'm hearing you refer to underneath is, which I like very much, Brandon, you know, I'm probably double your age. So, you know, I've been on this path for 40 five years or so um, is that all feelings are acceptable. We must have all our feelings. We must allow them. And then eventually they turn into a choice. Like my, my, my little dog just died and Mm. I'm really mourning. I love him and I am mourning and I am allowing the depth of mourning, the depth Mm. of feeling. I'm not out of control with it. I'm allowing it because so Mm. many times when people hear, Uh, Messages and lessons of what uh, of which you speak, people can feel very guilty. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not on the right path. I can't do it. There's something wrong, because really the gift is in the process and the gift is in the wound, and we have to massage that in order to discover it. We can't make believe it's not there. Yep. And I Mm -hmm. like I I'm hearing that in the underneath of what you're verbally saying. So thank you for that. That's an important message for all of us to really grasp, that we're going to feel wounded, we're going to hurt, we're going to get angry, we're going to have our feelings. And a lot of them come from our pre-talking experience that we need to really go into and feel and disassemble and reassemble it to move forward. The gift is in the wound and Mm -hmm. the stumbling blocks are really
1: stepping stones and Mm -hmm. all is well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I definitely agree that everything is happening to us for our greatest good. But one of the difficult questions that I always get asked is: so, for example, for a parent that loses a child, yes, mm-hmm. how do you help them get through mm-hmm. that? Because it's very difficult for them to see the gift in that situation. Yes,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I- I absolutely agreed. And uh, uh is, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. I- in 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 the short answer is. These perspectives can help to some degree to bring some sense of relief I'm sure Georgianne, for you there's some sense some piece of relief knowing that it's it's not goodbye forever with your 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 animal with your dog it's goodbye for now and that that is the dance that we're playing that source plays you know it, it, with itself it's 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 that perspective that contrast allows it to mean something imagine you know your your dream partner in you know in life whether it's a fantasy or it's the one you already have you know uh you know a lot of times you could take a um, you know a, a, a celebrity that like oh brad pitt is a woman or whatever you know whoever it may be to you now imagine being stuck with that person for eternity And like, this person is no longer so sexy and cool. And uh, after a trillion years of the way they snore, I get me away from this buffoon, you know? And so it really, it's, it's, um, exposure can breed indifference. And so when we have the contrast of, of removing ourselves from this incredible, you know, sense of love with another being it, it, and then you get the reunion You can't have the reunion ever without the separation. And when you come to the realization that we're eternal beings, it's, you know, eternity is a long, no time. (laughs) And uh, so it it really is. um, I don't think there's any way to completely take away the sting. It's not meant to completely take away the sting. You're meant to feel the sting. That's what how we know we're alive, right? It's like, you know, it, it, that's the thing that allows us to fully feel. And all these things can do is help temper uh, some of it to some degree. So maybe, you know, the, the pain instead of an 11 out of 10, it's an eight out of 10 or, you know, this kind of thing. And, and, and so for me, you know, there's a great song. Um, uh, Trevor Hall sings and he talks about, we came for more than love. You came here to have, not just experience the love. You came to experience the heartache and the in the pain and and all of that. That is the things so you've never seen a great work of art without shadow in it. Ding. And we are we are works of art. We this is your soul's grand artistic offering, and that's going to include some shadow. And and it's meant Absolutely. to meant to be painful.
0: Absolutely, yes. And love it. Love hurts.
2: Love hurts. Love is beautiful.
0: It's fantastic. It feels wonderful and it can hurt. Everything is one side of the coin. Each is yep. two sides of the coin.
2: It's designed to hurt you in some way. Yeah. So yeah. that your soul, who otherwise can't really feel as deeply, can feel deeply. Yeah. Well, it's really
0: quite amazing, isn't it? it really? So we'll is. be right back with this amazing journey we're on a journey through into awareness with. Brandon, we'll be right back.
5: Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK time on talkradio.nyc. For interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world.
4: Hey, everybody! It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic.
0: back to a journey through into awareness. We're here tonight with Brandon Beecham.
1: So Brandon, we live in a loving and supportive universe and everything is happening for our greatest good. And one of the things that you talk about in your book is synchronicity. Synchronicity mm-hmm. is the way of the universe just saying that they've got our back. And your fifth key talks about BBB, which happens to be your initials. Talk mm. to us about synchronicity and what BBB stands for.
2: Yes, I, I love this conversation. Synchronicity is such a inspiring thing. You know, um, I think of synchronicity in this way: when you, let's say, I live in, you know, I'm currently in Los Angeles. Let's say I'm in New York, and I'm making my way across the country to come home, and everything's very foreign to me. Um, you know, I'm not very familiar with the States that I'm driving through. And uh, as I, as I make my way across the country, but as I can start to get closer to home, you know, oh, I'm in Vegas. I recognize this. Oh, hold, I know this freeway. This takes me in right into California. Oh, now I'm getting really close. I recognize this sign I recognize. And so I feel like that's sort of the thing that happens with uh, each of us as we become more aligned with our higher self, with the the part of ourself that we left behind in a sense when we came into physicality, you start noticing more of the signs and the threads of connectivity and the winks from the universe, the synchronicities that ah, you're getting closer. You're in alignment with your, your your highest path and timeline. And so, you know, when you when you consider the idea that it's all you're one with it all, and therefore you know, I always say that we're in our own private universe, our w- own Y O U universe, and I'm the lead director, actor, star in my own private movie, and it's all reflecting me back to me in some way, shape, or form. And so, when I'm really aligned, a lot—that's a lot of times when I'll start to see these, like, these synchronicities. These uh, meaningful coincidences pop up that are, uh, that are reflecting, uh, that truth. And it's, you know, by bringing a childlike wonder to that realization, uh, when you have it, I believe it, it, it attracts more. It's like one of my, the only Bible quote, you know, verses that I like to quote is less you become like a child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. And so you have that childlike wonder and excitement about, oh, you know, you mean Santa Claus is coming, you know, and that kind of energy, it invites more of that magic of, of, of life. And, and that's what I think is m- meant by that particular verse is like you know get excited about the magic that is happening all around you and the more excited you get the more of it you see and it becomes a you know this feedback loop that feeds into itself and a lot of that can come from this fifth key being in the present you know the present is the gift it's why it's called the present if you are caught up in the past you can you know that creates um you know uh, depression or or too caught up in the future can create anxiety well the past never shows up exactly like you imagined it to be the or or, or I'm sorry it wasn't ever quite like you imagined it to be right the future is never going to show up quite like you imagine it to be and yet we're doing all of this mental gymnastics when we do these things lost in the past or too projected into the future at the expense of the gift that is the present. And that's why I believe being is so important. And I know for myself, I, uh, I, I as I've gotten better and better at recognizing the patterns and the messages and in a lot of the messages, I, I like to think of my own higher self having left breadcrumbs for me. It's like, you know, who chose the name that I would incarnate with? well, I did some part of myself prior to incarnating, right? Well, why did I choose the name Brandon Brent Beecham? Hmm. Could that have something to do with the fact that, as my father said, at two years old, you could barely keep me uh, contained on his lap because I had so many things to go and do and see, you know, I'm, I'm busy, 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 busy being a doer at the expense of being fully present. So encoded right there is, hey, don't forget BBB, you know, be in the moment. And and, and so I share some funny other examples of that in the book, you know, like the famous, the the biggest scam of all time, Ponzi scheme of all time, Bernie Madoff, you know, he burned everyone and made off with their money or Anthony Wiener, the congressman who had a fall from grace for sharing pictures of his wiener. Like, it's like, you can't make some of this stuff up. And when you start to see these things, it's like, it's you realize what a sense of humor, uh, you know, our higher selves has.
1: So Brandon, we touched upon many of your keys, um, in different parts of our conversation. Can you quickly summarize them for us before you go into the golden key for our listeners?
2: Yeah. To summarize all the, all the keys. Is that what you asked?
1: Yeah. Just in order yeah. because we've kind of yeah, jumped sure. around.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. So the first key is see the oneness. The second key is know the illusion. The third key is focus your flow. The fourth key is align your intentions. The fifth key is BBB. B, B. The sixth key is trust the mystery. The seventh key is love what comes. The eighth key, the master key that ties them all together, master the YOU universe master the universe and what I love about these eight keys that my aim when I went set out to write was okay I'm just gonna kind of intuitively pull out the keys that I found over 25 years of deep exploration of these topics and application of these perspectives and ideas and I landed on eight uh just by happenstance and then as I was telling my my brother about this uh, and, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, there's eight keys in my book that's coming out. And he goes, oh, well, you know, I li-, he lives in a high rise building and there's a, a large Chinese population in the, the city where he lives in, in Irvine, California. And He's like, oh, well, you know, everyone in my building, because there's so many uh, Chinese people, they want to be on the eighth floor because in uh, traditional and modern you know, culture, eight is considered a sign for abundance because it sounds phonetically similar to the word, I suppose. So uh, I, I thought that was really cool. Speaking of synchronicities and little winks, you know, I landed on the eight keys to abundance, which of course also looks like an infinity symbol turned sideways. Mm-hmm. And so I love to see these encoded things uh, happening. I mean, I even have a great story of synchronicity around the cover art for the book. If you'd care for me to share um, that, yeah. that is just really inspiring. I think so. Okay. So uh, you know another example of the the book itself. Uh, a lot of times, you know, synchronicities or signs or messages and dreams. A lot of these things start happening, of course, as you as you get on this path. And so, from time to time, I'll have um, you know, prophetic sort of you know dr- informational dreams where downloads are coming through. And that's what happened on August sixth, twenty twenty, when I had the dream about the book and exactly what I should write it about, the content, you know, the unique way in which I'm distributing and marketing it. And so I get up and I'm thinking, you know, I'm real inspired and, and following that childlike excitement and continuing and seeing that it continued, which led to me writing it. And uh, I was like, okay, well, what would I call this book? And the the name idea, the golden key came to me uh, based off what it would be about. And so I said, oh, let me search and see if I can, if someone else has ever used this name. And first thing that came up was a a uh, short essay, a very well-known short essay written in 1931 by a man named Emmett Fox, who talks, uh, he helped do a lot with bridging the idea between, you know, Christ and, and this kind of new thought movement. And and mm-hmm. he, uh, he wrote the Sermon on the Mount and I think his best known yeah. work. But The Golden Key is a short essay that he wrote that, you know, and as I read the description, I got chills because I had sort of been given this idea to, to, to gamify my process of distributing the book. And his description was, I dare you to just try this, these ideas on, I share in the essay and see for yourself and very gamified, like, you know, I dare you to play with this kind of thing. And it was very similar to what I was feeling called to do. So I go to my friend um, Vajra, who's one of the the most amazing visionary artists uh, in the world. Uh, and, you know, I thought of him as the the person who could possibly do the cover art for me. And uh, although I know him very well and his process is pretty timely, you know, to to do his paintings. So I thought, well, I'm trying to get this out pretty quickly. It might be a little too fast for Bajer to deliver a, a good cover art. And what else is he working on? Does he have the time? All these kind of thoughts came to mind. And I decided uh, finally just to contact him and just talk to him about it. And I said, "Look, I had this dream, and I gave him my whole spiel here 's what happened and then Emmett Fox already had written something you know sim- similar in some ways a hundred years earlier and you know and and would you be willing to create uh, the golden key cover art uh, would there be time and, and after i 'm done with my whole spiel, he says, well if you 're done, if you 'd allow me to now go grab my dream journal since you just shared your dream with me and he pulls out his dream journal and he goes and he starts reading a dream from months earlier he had. And he's, and I run a communal property in Los Angeles called the Mystic Manor. And he said, in my dream, as he's reading, he's like, I was at the Mystic Manor and I was hunting for the key to everything. And so he goes into this elaborate dream that he had at my property, hunting for the key to everything months before I asked him to do this. And he says, so to answer your question, will I create the cover art? for your book well i've already started it because i was so inspired by this dream i had months earlier at your (laughs) at your property so it was an incredible synchronicity and and just energetic tie-in that we just thoroughly enjoyed
0: that's great that's great i love that
1: that's fantastic
2: so when you see the cover art of the book you know uh you know its roots and origin now, so
1: <laughs> I'm just showing the cover of the book so our uh, so our viewers can actually see it.
2: Yeah. So, so
1: Bran- it. Brandon, one of the things that you mentioned was the unique way that you're marketing the book, and it is a very unique way. Um, do you want to mention to listeners how you're inviting people to actually participate?
2: Yes, absolutely. So, in in the spirit of practicing what I preach and walking the talk, uh, I decided the best thing I could do. How can I most benefit humanity or these extend these other me's, if you will, extensions of self. Um, What's the, what's, what's the most beneficial thing I could do. And for me, it's really taking this, information 25 years of deep exploration of this topic around the ultimate nature of reality as I call it and um, I've really condensed it into you know just over three hours to listen to or 100 pages to read which is quite the, the the task for me because I'm pretty verbose and so how did I how do I get this out there as far and wide as possible well I'm going to gift it to people so I decided to make it a fun kind of gamified way where if you have a key code a golden key code you can get the uh, ebook or audiobook as a gift which we've set up. Uh, in this case, if you guys go to goldenkey.gift and use the code awareness, you can get the audio and or ebook. Oh, and then you can do the same thing and create your own code and share it. And then if people come back at the end of the book, they're invited to play a abundance manifestation game, which would entail them paying anything they want for the book after reading it. That's we then good. take that those resources that that abundance and share it with all the people playing the game so it's just how do i spread spread it to everyone
0: that's beautiful that's right because we do all our inner work for everyone not just for ourselves beautiful Mm -hmm. we have to take a break we'll be right back to a journey through into awareness thank you for joining us tonight
5: are you passionate about the conversation around racism
0: Welcome back to A Journey Through Into Awareness. We're here tonight with Brandon Beecham. Brandon, what do you mean by the COVID chrysalis?
2: Mm. So uh, I, I like to sort of equate our journey uh, as humans to, and especially this, obviously this, this COVID uh, piece of our journey has been very intense for a lot of us. And, you know, it's it's really interesting for those of us who are kind of tapped into this spiritual awakening that is gone from being this fringe topic. And I'm sure, Georgianne, you've been on this journey a long time. You can see the big difference in Uh, how much it's proliferated, you know, society and become more and more mainstream. I mean, I go to, I mentioned like Bernie Man earlier, you know, I go to festivals and things like that quite often. And, you know, going, uh, going to these events and seeing 21 year olds who are, you know, super into spirituality. And it's like the hip, cool thing. It's like, that was not the case when I was 21. (laughs) And uh, no one was talking about this stuff very much, certainly not a lot of young people. And so I think we're on a fast track to awakening. And part of that growth, there comes a point, you know, I, I equate, uh, what's happened recently, this sort of retraction period for mankind, uh, it to the journey of the, the caterpillar and the butterfly. I mean, you can look at a caterpillar and what it does is, you know, it starts out and it, it. It, it's funny because I was telling my mother about this once, uh, probably a year ago or so as I was writing, you know, um, or, or maybe when it was when I was writing, I, I was telling her, you know, yeah, I'm writing about the caterpillar and the butterfly and, you know, caterpillars will go and they'll just kind of destroy everything in their, in their, that come across their, their, you know, their path. Uh, and she instantly was like, oh my gosh, you're right. My geraniums of three years I've loved and these caterpillars <laughs> are eating them alive. And I'm like, exactly. So it's just destroying everything in its path with reckless abandon, doesn't care about you or your love or attachment to your geraniums. And, um, but at some point in the caterpillar's journey, I, an imaginal cell pops up, you know, and it's this cell that's got a totally different message. And, and at first the the uh you know caterpillar cells look at it and say what what is this you know and stamp it out kill it right think of jesus as an imagine early imagine l cell what is this stamp it out you know but then another imagine l cell pops up and another and another and over time at first the caterpillar can kind of contain it and kills them off but then enough of them are online at the same time they start working together and at some point the tide shifts and the imaginal cells start to, to take over. And at this point, it's it's chaos for the caterpillars world. It retreats into a chrysalis. And the caterpillar, uh, the cells that have made up the caterpillar actually turn and melt into a goo that the imaginal cells feed on. So all the pain and destruction that the caterpillars precipitated now become a fuel for the imaginal cells to feed on, which hold the code, the DNA for the butterfly. And out of that, they transmute it into what we know as the beautiful butterfly. And just when the caterpillar thinks its world is over, it becomes a butterfly. And so I, I like to equate that to what we've been through going that. into the COVID chrysalis. And as we emerge out, you know, yes, it looks messy all around and, you know, and at some point it looks messy And, you know, if you take a snapshot of a soul's evolution, why did this child have this hardship or death or or you know disability? okay, and you're seeing a snapshot in a in an infinite soul's journey when you see it from the broader perspective, it's on its way to its butterflyness, and I believe collectively that's what we're experiencing now as we emerge from the covid chrysalis, and more and more people are waking to the truth of these uh ideas and 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 yeah, just profound truths
0: I so, love it, Brandon. and I love that image that's really great.
1: Yeah, I agree. Really it is a beautiful image. Brandon, one of the things that you talk about in your book also is that life is a simulation.
2: Mm. Yes, yes. I love I love this. You know, this is early on. I, I believe it's in the second key. I uh, know the illusion. And, and I, I talk about this idea uh, that was first really gained a lot of popularity in. um and uh, early 2000s, a guy named Nick Bostrom from Oxford put together a, a, a paper they called Simulation Argument. And the idea is that, um, you know, when you take a look at, um, you know, our journey as, as, as beings or, or civilization, in, in, in civilization in general, he he proposed that there's three possibilities with uh, any advanced civilization. One is that uh, they they become post-human. It, it, well, first off, he talks about would they w- if they become post-human, which really means they survive all the things that would maybe stamp them out. You know, overcome. Uh, you know, the things that would limit them from advancing. Uh, and they would die out. Um, he's like the first idea is that they become post-human, uh, or they never make it to becoming post-human. They just never make it. They kill themselves off before they can. They actually achieve high technology. Second idea is that they become post-human and opt for low technology afterwards, right? The third he proposed was they become post-human and continue to advance their technology. And what he then did is uh, he also um, basically uh, ran some algorithms to try to determine what he felt would be the most likely, and it showed that more likely than not, becoming post-human and opting for high technology would happen. So if that indeed is the case, it, it only takes one post-human high technology society to create many uh, simu- a- ancestor simulations, simulations of themselves. And we can see as our technology advances, we're getting better and better. Look at, you know, the latest Xbox versus, you know, uh, Atari, right? It's getting more and more lifelike. So it, it, it only stands to reason that we'd create simulations of ourselves that become indistinguishable from the real thing. And so that's why you have people like the Elon Musk's of the world and stuff saying, yeah, I mean, we can look at the, the, you know, uh, you know, just examine the situation in which we find ourselves as, as beings. Well, I'm made of vibrations. If you zoom in, I pixelate, it's made of light. Uh, There's uh, obviously been programmed by someone. There's certain rules that have been programmed into place, physics and things like that. And um, so, There's a lot of evidence that it's a light show. It's a a simulation, right? And so you have people like Elon Musk saying, yeah, one in billions chance that we're in a base level reality versus simulation because all it takes is one advanced post-human civilization. You know, one kid with an Xbox 100 on his shelf can create billions of us, right? And so – I think for some people that can start to feel a little unnerving or uneasy too. Like, oh my gosh, what? I'm just a, on some kid's shelf in a video game console <laughs> in the future. And it's like, perhaps, and there's a lot of evidence that maybe can point to that, uh, according to this uh, simulation argument. However, what's the purpose and who's the designer behind it? And I believe we are the creator and created rolled into one. We're the ones that set up the simulation as well. Uh, you know, it's it's, it's God Godding, right? God experiencing herself and creating a a um, environment. What, what do we use simulations for in our own world? Well, if I was going to be a fighter pilot, they would put me in a simulator before they put me in the sky to fly around, to, you know, $50 million machine, right? Why do they put me in a simulation first so that I can test and get my chops without the the real risk of crashing and burning and doing major harm? So perhaps that's what's happening here is we are in a simulation as we grow into our own, you know, godhood and expand into more of ourselves where we can play in a simulated environment where the stakes are way less yeah. Uh, heavy, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, so and I, that's I what think I it's
0: important for us to, you know, all look at maybe in, in collective consciousness, what we're paying attention to within the collective consciousness, because there's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of, uh, thought. Um, you know, what do we pay attention to, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, I could sit with you for hours. So we have a minute before we need to end. Um, unfortunately, so Brandon, is there anything that you would like our listeners and viewers to take away from our time together? Is there one piece that you could speak of in 30 seconds?
2: That you are as worthy as any other being ever has been, could be, or will be. You are one with it all. There is no one better. There's no one more qualified. You are the evolution of 14 billion years of the physical universe now emerging as you. You have 2,000 ancestors in the last 400 years, grandparents alone, that did so much, fought, died, love, lost, pain so that you could exist. Don't get caught up telling the story of separation. You're not as good as anyone that you would compare yourself to. You're seeing or hearing that person you're comparing yourself to in your field because you're such a close vibrational match that they're appearing in front of you. You're calling it in. It's just that much closer. Don't create separation with it. Create unification with it.
0: Beautiful. You are such a treasure. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank Absolutely. you so much for having me. I've so appreciated uh, taking this journey with all of you.
1: And, you. The, and your book, The Golden Key, was a fabulous read. So thank you for sharing that with the world.
2: Thank you, Brandon, very much. My pleasure. Thank Until you, next everyone. time, journey well.
1: Well my gosh, you too. Thank you,
0: everyone, for joining us tonight. And we look forward to seeing you next week on a journey through into
1: awareness. Thank have you, a, Judy. Have a great night. Good night.
3: Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc.
1: Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.